0: Okay, good morning. Today's class is the Neferu of Shalom Ben Yavna, Daniel Ben Sarah, and Chana Bat Adel, Bezrat Hashem, Lunishmat, Yerachmel, Dianu, Megadalia, and Sion Benema. And Bezrat Hashem, also in success, Yerachamayim, Mavel Sheva, Ravavah, Gadiel Ben Liseva, Shephem Bele Reina Raina Makavatol Gadiel Ben Sheva, Shephem Emma Ben Liseva, May 3rd and May 4th in Manhattan. And I'm sorry, May 30, May 4th in California and May 17th in Manhattan. All right, we have a great, great, great concept today, which talks about uh, a great book, the Haggadah from Rob Pinson. We're going to talk about chapter seven. And we talks about freedom and the connection between freedom and humility, right? Freedom really is a concept of humility. How do we connect this? We spoke this many, many times. The concept of, of where is the where is energy invested? He's saying something very beautiful here. He says, all energy must be invested in freedom. What is really freedom? There's two concepts in this class that we need to talk about. First concept is mind over mood, which is freedom from feelings. And then second is freedom of of other people's opinions. So these are two areas in our life that... It's an area that we struggle with. Mind over mood, doing things we need to be doing instead of worrying how we feel about it. And the second is obviously... um, Feedback from others, validation, etc. And these are two areas that we, we definitely need the freedom from. Today is actually the sphere of netzach shebe, netzach shebe chesed. So netzach represents eternal, something doing eternal, and chesed being, being kindness. So this is an area of your life that it's the it's, it's long run that we can actually change. And obviously, the, the, the root key to both of these things, if you to talk about, why I choose to 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 fight mind over mood is self esteem. If I have self esteem, I'll put I'll put more effort into myself. I'll go all in, even if I don't care, even if I don't care how I feel, because I'm more interested in how I feel afterwards. And also validation, needing other people to approve of us, is also rooted in self esteem. So the root, co- the root, really, self esteem is really freedom. Low self esteem is slavery, because when you when you, when we have low self esteem, we, we become dependent on others. We become, we start coming up with narratives, stories, excuses, and all that stuff, and this is something that we say, other people heard us and all that. This is a very, very common. So this is what this week that we're really focusing on is putting the energy in freedom. That's what you have to focus on. This is the energy of freedom. This whole holiday is all about detaching and putting a lot of energy in freedom and Be'zrat Hashem giving us the connection for the whole year. And this is what he's saying here, enslavement and freedom can be understood on multiple levels. Number one, one way somebody's oppressing us, another form is an inner slavery of being stuck to our feelings, another slavery could be validation of appreciation of others, Yes, essentially our inner slaveries are all the same. The basic definition of a slave according to his teachings is somebody who is is munkab, a composite of, of, of uh, whose life needs a dependency on something else or a surrounding. A free person is completely independent. And he says here, just like bread itself, rich bread, what do you need? It needs juice, milk, eggs, sugar, nuts. And the flour, the rich bread is only a vehicle for, 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 the, for the other ingredients to take, to take its form. Basically, the flavor, the other ingredients take, make, give flavor to the bread. Where matzah, it's independent. Where the bread itself is, is dependent upon other things for flavor, matzah is completely flat and on the ground. Nothing is needed. And this is why you could see, we spoke many times, that, that the bread itself, you just let it, you put it in the oven, it rises on itself. But matzah has to be watched, and watched, and watched, and so much work you have to work on humility. It's so much work you have to put onto it. It can't rise. And this is where he's connecting to. What he's talking about here is something very, very, and this is exactly what, when we're, when we're leaving Egypt, the representation of Egypt, is matzah, the is a bread of affliction, because it's flat, humble, and just like we need. It's bread of freedom and also bread of poverty. But the, the concept of bread of oni, poor man's bread, I mean, needing, needing, when, I, when I'm whole, I don't need anybody to validate me. This is another thing Rabbi Nachman spoke about, that the reason why we, we seek to fight all the time, and the reason why we're using all our energy in the wrong place, is because we're not using, number one, we're not using our blood to serve God. If we used our blood to serve God, we would be humble. You know, technically, after a person prays and he learns, he should be more humble. He should recognize that energy is, is inward. He should be better, feel better about himself. But when we're not putting in that effort, in Torah and all that, we become very argumentative, we're in a bad mood, and then we, 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 we usually blame others for everything. And he says, a common type of, of enslavement is to one environment and the outside world involves the weather, for example. For example, if a person wakes up in the morning, how's, it, how's my day going to be? Well, let me look out the window. <laughs> That'll tell you the day my day is going to be. Then you're, in, you're enslaved to the weather. And if you get into any kind of, you know, being an athlete or being in any kind, forget what the weather looks like. Rains, no, you're going and doing your thing. That is ultimately the freedom, not even depending on the weather. Otherwise, again, we're too dependent upon opinions, etc. And what happens is, is when our inner temperament is dependent on others, a slave is dependent on their master. So just think about an area of your life where there are, And again, number one, you have to recognize it's impossible to make people happy all the time. It's impossible. So if a person's married, he's going to try to make his husband happy or wife happy. That's never going to be possible all the time. You'll have again moments of it. You'll have moments like Ram Nachman says it's either running or returning. You have moments of happiness, you have moments of sadness, you have moments of everything's love, and next thing you know, like what happened. This is a it's a very common thing. So we shouldn't also be dependent upon, okay, I'm having my I'm having an issue with my my, my spouse or something, something's wrong with me. No, there's times that you have to understand, just like the weather, sometimes the weather's great. Sometimes the weather's lousy. There's, you have to be able to go with the flow. That is a very, very, very important concept. The, the ability of freedom is all about it is what it is mindset. This is what I have. It is what it is. Because what <clears throat> happens is when we don't accept what is, we're sort of denying God's will at that moment. And there was a great, great, um, there was a great story I heard the other day. There was a story about a Hasidic family that went to um, you know they—they're very big into their—you know—being by the seder with the kids and the grandkids and the silver goblets and the—and the whole the big pay, seder plate setting being set up, etc. You know the whole—you know—the whole nine yards. And what happens? There was a story where I, I forgot the name of the of the rabbi who said this, but there was a, another chazid that came home. The table wasn't set. Everything was a mess, and. You know he's expecting this, the meal, and everything in order. Everything was a mess. So he told his grandson, "You think freedom is sitting by a table, with all this gold? Freedom is being able to be able to accept things as they are. That was freedom for him. Freedom was for him is be able to come home. The seder wasn't. Everything was all over the place, and he didn't get upset. That is freedom. It's easy to be free when everything's perfect, but when things are in chaos, that's really the test of freedom. That's much harder." because so how many times are we reactive? It's funny, when I was doing this class, in the morning I was actually reviewing this class, you know, talking about reactive, next thing you know I have my yoga mat, et cetera, just my, my breathings, and here the, the, the dog comes in and poops right in the yoga mat. So just, just to show you, it was like almost, I almost, because I was learning, the I almost laughed. But who knows, another day you wake up in the wrong side of bed, what are you gonna do, start yelling at a dog at five o'clock? <laughs> where, where, where's our energy gonna go today? To be enslaved means, listen to this, to be enslaved means to live the effects of life and not its cause. So this is where, again, Joe Dispenza speaks about don't let your personal reality become your personality. Let your personality determine your personal reality. See the difference? One is the cause of life, one is the effect of life. This happened in my life, that became my personality. Versus... Because I'm a resilient person, I have a resilient personality, this ends up happening. I'm the cause of life, I'm not the effect of life. And that's a big shift in life. One is making things happen, one thinks happen to him. And this is a big message. Are you making things happen in life, or are things happening to you? A free person is the cause of life, while an enslaved person is the effect of life. And this is the difference between giving away power and etc. And he says one of the ways that we need to get to this is this concept of equanimity, which is in Hebrew the word hishtavos. Hishtavos is ma- being able to to, ha- to be able to have mental composure regardless of any situation. Regardless of any situation, being able to have mental composure. Why is it, why is it such a big deal? Because we have to believe that absolutely everything is divinely ordained. And to the degree that you have faith in your life, if there's supposed to be a tire that that, that that the flat tire, then this is what your creator wants from you. He wants you to serve him with the flat tire. Do you understand? <coughs> Each message has its own message. And usually this is where we, we lose the concept of I have to go through the storm, but the storm eventually will be over. And it's only a storm. It's not my identity. On a subtle level, reactivity is an enslavement, an exile with a specific narrative. This is again as a Scorpio, how much work I've had to be on reactive versus responsive versus reactive. I read one of the things that gave me a tremendous, tremendous leverage was there's a Mishnah in Pirkei that talks about the difference between a wise person and a fool. And basically it talks about seven attributes, what makes a person wise and what breaks a person a fool and all it talks about is being reactive, reactiveness. When somebody's asking you a question, are you defensive when you answer back, or do you just recognize the question? Do you cut the person off? The reactiveness, sometimes we, we don't want to listen, we want to listen to be understand, not to be understood. So this is an area where we have to work work on our reactivity, because reactivity is, again, it's, n- it's basically anger, it's a form of anger, it's a form of, when we're, rea- when we're too reactive, it's showing us that we're not doing enough work spiritually to let things go, and we're holding on to to, to grudges and grudges is a form of anger, and that's the, the result of not doing our spiritual work, we become very reactive instead of just recognizing that we have to take that lesson from that person et etc and This is why when a the when a person is angry it's considered like he actually when you consider it's actually like it served an idol. Why? Again, the same reason, because he's not agreeing, he's rejecting the Creator's light coming to him at the present moment. You understand? He's, react, he's not allowing the present light to come. And it's funny how, you know, our sages say, we're gonna to talk tomorrow about the seventh day of Pesach, but you, you got the free light from Pesach, now you have to earn it. And now the, the, there's a, there was a second attack. <coughs> So, you could even see during Pesach, there's also a, a second, there was like a the mental second attack that goes to a person. But then he's going to get another light again in the seventh day of Pes- Passover. Not the same light as the first one, but an, an equivalent light. But you could see that there's a constant ups and downs and ups. And next thing you know, I got to fight for it again. It, it's like a never ending, never ending struggle where we, our, our peace of mind is, is you have to really work on it. And this is exactly what he's saying here. If acts of becoming angry, your ultimate you're ultimately reject, saying you're rejecting your Creator's light. Calls and attempts find the refuges. If a person is driving on the highway and is cut off by another driver, he becomes angry. He's essentially rejecting Hashem's plan for whatever reason. He needs to be cut off at that time. He needs to be cut off at that time. How many times do we say one little comment? One little comment. And we didn't even recognize we said it. Next thing you know, you heard somebody. It teaches us we have to be careful with our speech. We have to work on our speech. It's, it's little things, we don't. You know, you don't get bit by a uh, little comments, and this is why you know it's so much work. And one of Rabbi Rush's and Rabbi Nachman's basically keys for marriage is constantly surrendering bittol, not making it about you, because the struggle for men and the struggle for women is completely different. Their struggle is all kavod our struggle should be running away from kabod. You understand? This is why a guy, a, guy, a, a, a husband and a wife, if they're competing who's right, it's really the husband's job to, to say you're right and create more peace. Somebody, the wife is not going to do that. She'll never say you're right, let it go. No, the husband has to really do that. If you find the husband to say, the, a wife that says you're right, let it go. Mashiach will come, let me know where he is. Let me know the address and we'll send the red cow and we'll get B'Sheaqa. Uh, we'll but it, it, it's not going to happen because it's so against their nature. And this is where uh, we have to work constant humidity, constant humidity. It's, it's definitely not easy. A deeper, a deeper form of slavery manifests when we become slaves to our feelings themselves. Feelings come and go just like a phenomena. When we react to them, that's also a feeling. This is why we spoke about so much letting go. What is letting go? Just, it's a feeling. Don't resist it. Don't resist the feeling. Just let it go. Whatever you resist, persist. So that's another feeling. Just because you're feeling something doesn't mean that's who your identity is. I don't feel like doing this. Well, who cares? Let it pass. Very, very important lesson in our lives. We don't want to be able to, we don't want to be so reactive. Let the feeling pass. If you want to be a master at this, you have to really just pay attention to the feeling, not label it, not, not, not resist it. Okay, I'm feeling this, and let it pass. Like it says, it takes sometimes 10 minutes to pass something, 12 minutes, but the, the more we, we think about it, why am I feeling this, the more that's gonna actually give the energy to the feeling. Does that make sense? Why am I feeling this fear? That all of a sudden you just put batteries and you just recharge the feeling. The more you think about the feeling, you're just recharging it, <laughs> you're recharging it. I have fear of fear. You have to just let it pass. Just let it pass. It's a, we're so... That's a good question. People are so... They don't even know what to do with feelings, because they've, they've, they've been, it's been in such a habit of personalizing the feeling. If there's a feeling, let it pass. You have to understand, the create has to have money in the game. The evil inclination has to test you and sometimes they test and it's not nothing to do but just a test. It doesn't mean you're the, you are the feeling. I have a feeling of fear. Okay. How do you let go of fear? You stop thinking about it and you just let it pass. Reb Nachman was a master about this, but the more we think about, oh my God, I have fear. Why do I have fear? Who's giving me fear? Next thing you know, you just turn the little, a little, a little, little uh, dough into hummets. You just let it rise all over the place. That's exactly what the problem is. You feel like he knew he was going to die young. Hmm. You feel like Rabbi Nachman knew he was going to die young. Yeah, he. he but Rabbi Nachman said in his in his, in his in his in his book, "There's nothing else for me to do here. Job is over. <laughs> I just came to help you guys. There was nothing for him to do. It was done. The mission was done. Mission accomplished." See, we have the, the concept of death in in Judaism is. And, and Rabbi Nachman says death is nothing more But going from your living room to your bedroom From one room to another room We have a different uh, We have a different feeling. We we're very attached to this world you understand? But Sadiqim were a completely different level we, we're, The way we look at death Because we're very attached to death but He says it's going from one room To another room That's, that's the state of mind That he was in and you see many Tzadikim, or your captain died young. the RE, there's certain people coming with a mission, mission accomplished, done. That's all they have to do. This concept of eternal and, and living forever, it, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a concept. That's why it's very, very important a person understands this concept. Because at the end of the day, when you understand that, again, you're here for a mission, then every little thing's not going to bother you in life. You, you'll be able to let things go. I'm here for a mission. But if you make the whole world about you, then... You're not even living anyway. You're not living anyway. So again, being able to understand that feelings come and go, and the reason why we get these feelings is because what we hold on to. And the more you let go, the less you're going to have these feelings. For example, if you start building Bita Hon, you're not going to have really feelings of anxiety anymore. You're not going to have feelings of fear anymore, because you're going to look at everything as excitement. So to the extent that you really work on your consciousness, then those feel- the feelings really come based on your consciousness you understand? Very low consciousness, you always get feelings of giving up. Okay, feelings of the, there's no way this is going to work out. But ask people, ask, ask the Elon Musk what kind of feelings he gets. Do you think he gets feelings of giving up? No, because he's built such a mindset. So people that build the mindset, they don't have these feelings of negativity. Of these, um, they, they're able to know, they stick to the anchor feelings. So, the same thing, the more we build our mindset, the better the feelings come. from Nachman says in lesson 29, he says, Your types of feelings come based on your character. So, it gets better as you let go more and you grow more consciously, etc. It's exactly what we're listening to the classes. So, he's saying, On a deeper subtle slavery manifests, and we become slaves to our feelings themselves. Feelings come and go just like a phenomena, but when we react to them or attempt to get rid of them or hold on to them, we solidify or attempt to avoid them, or attempt to numb them. That is actually a slave. You're a slave. You're a slave because you don't want to feel. You don't want to feel. So you have to just let the feeling ha- happen, the feeling comes, and it usually goes away as long as you don't pay attention to it. In order to let a feeling go away, you have to just notice, what am I feeling? I'm feeling fear. Now if I think about who's giving me fear, it's never gonna go away. Because now I'm attaching that person to fear. But if I think I feel a sensation of fear. (coughs) Just like, for example, you feel, you fear sometimes something scratching on your back. Right? And if you don't scratch it, you just leave it alone. It usually goes away. But if you could say, who's causing me to feel a scratch? Why am I feeling a scratch? This scratch is bothering me. It's just a scratch. It goes away. It's just, uh, that's it. It just goes away. An itch. Sorry, not a scratch, an itch. It's just an, it's an itch. It goes away. Just don't pay attention to it. It's exactly the same thing. Why am I itching? Did I take something like that? Did I eat something? Did I drink the wrong thing? Did I get an allergic reaction to this? That's the resistance to the itch. Making it bigger than it is. Oh my God, how long is it going to be there? I can't take it. It's uncomfortable. That's all resistance. You see how much energy you're giving it? It's just an itch. It's a feeling. You let go of it. By not giving it energy. It's a feeling, that's it. And it's just like a cloud that passes off. The best thing to do it is get, get into your breath. Get into your breath. The more you get into your breath, the more it just dissipates and it just goes away. Just like a hunger feeling, all of this. Just, but the, We are so controlling, we're bothered by it, it's uncomfortable, we're just, so we're like a slave to that feeling. So let it go, just let it go, let it go. Listen to a little whim Hof, let it go. Just let it go. That's the key. And I've seen this is the, the, the main problem is it so much uh, fear of having the feeling. Oh my God, it's going to come back again. If it does, you let it go again. Remember, things have the reason why things come back, why feelings come back over and over is because they have not been fully surrendered. Once they fully surrender, they don't usually come back that much. And when we get triggered in life, what we're doing is getting triggered of what we haven't surrendered. Because if you surrendered, you won't get triggered and it won't cause a negative action. You understand? It's only triggers really, really affect you because you're still teaching you. God's teaching us that through that trigger, you're holding on a tremendous amount of negative energy in that area of your life. Same thing as a muscle being sore. If you touch it, yes, because it's sore. Same thing. No difference. You have to. This is the ultimate way to get mental peace, is to not identify yourself with absolutely anything. Very, very important concept. And this is what he's saying. If you feel a sad sensation, then you believe you're sad. If you're a significant person, doesn't acknowledge you. So again, don't identify yourself with these feelings. This is where the, the, the very, very important concept. And he's saying here in every moment of enslavement, there's two parts there's the core narrative, the story, and its sensation. We spoke about this a thousand times, right? AKA Joe Dispenza. What is it? Every. Every, feel, every situation in your life Ended up with an emotion And if that emotion is, Does not become wisdom By elevating it through faith Or through Trust Then that feeling that, emo, that event that happened Constantly repeats itself Wires and fires together And the result is an emotion Angry, sadness, grief Shame, etc The more you replay it the more you, you give it energy, the more it stays with you, the harder it is to get out of it. So any situation or say, just say, right away when you're going through something, you give it meaning. Let's say I lost money in work. I could say, I'm a failure. You get angry. I'm angry because I should have done better. I'm a failure, etc. That keeps on playing over and over. Look at you, you lost money. You're so responsible. Negative, negative, negative. Over and over, over again. Or you could say, thank you, creator of the world, you taught me a good lesson on, you taught me a lesson in business. Failure gives you experience, experience gives you success. I'm on the way of success. You just elevated that experience to wisdom, it no longer replays in your mind over and over again. So that's a simple tool on how we're talking about this. So this this way we're not a slave to that emotion over and over. Many people have this issue, they wake up with the same thoughts over and over, 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 over again. And we really, really need is to let it go. We have to let it go and elevate it. And wisdom is the memory without the emotion. And when you have a situation in your life that you've let go of, you've elevated, it no longer replays in your mind, it becomes wisdom, period. And we all need, experience gives us wisdom. So again, two concepts, your identity and your void. Change the story. This is why he's saying everything, the enslavement is having a story. This is my story. My story is this. I got divorced, blah, blah, blah. That's my story. This is my story. This is why I can't do this. This is my story. This is why I can't do that. This is my story. This is not freedom. Story is an enslavement. That's not freedom. When you have a story, it's not freedom. Unless it's a story, a good story. But if it's a story giving you the reason why you can't do something, then that's that's a story of enslavement. And that's where we, we really, really have to work on getting out of this concept. And that's only, the way we do this is only by humility. Because when, we're in, when we practice humility, we start, again, we start taking the chametz, which is inflated, and bringing it back into reality. And like he says also, it's funny how it's, it's almost, this, this, this whole chapter is exactly what I've been saying. It's exactly that once you do have a narrative, and you have and you're tying that story with a specific emotion. Let's say you have a traumatic situation in your life, and you didn't you didn't handle it the right way, and you're tied to that emotion. What do you think is going to happen? That emotion is now going to use imagination to take that event and make it much worse than it really was. Which is the absolute, absolutely opposite of of of, of matzah. Matza is this is what it is, it's humble. This is a challenge I went through, but if you don't, the chametz is taking that event, and this is where you hear that most trauma victims added 50% to the story of the, what would happen to them. You went through a bad relationship, because if you didn't handle it well, you added 50% to it. You know, I mean, I've been abused here, I've been abused, just the over, the, the over, over embellishedness of the chametz that was created. <laughs> All of a sudden, that's all made up, by the way. Half of it is made up. 50% is reality, study shows. This is by Joe Dispenza. And 50% is all made up. So we have to be careful that we're not mourning a story that didn't even happen 100%. So this is also part of the chametz that we have to work on. We have to work on it. And the way you do that is through humility. Humility is humble. At the core of who we are, we need to remember who the core of who we are. There's no story. We are simple and humble, like a matzah, we are souls. Any anxiety or anger that is mixed into our lives is there because of our attachments to our narratives and the effects of life. While our natural inclinations, traits and true desires themselves are consistent with the matzah, chametz can appear when we become reactive, etc. And this is what we have to understand. Chametz represents an inflated ego and a distorted reality of our mental stories that are blown out of proportion. We all carry the stories of the past, but that doesn't find who we are. So we have to start going back to eating matzah with Kavana, allows the bursting of the ego, divorcing the story, marrying the truth. That's what you're really doing with the matzah. You're divorcing the story, and you're you're eating the truth. And when you're eating the truth, that's where we could take everything back to wisdom, and then we could start becoming free. And that's through humility. Humility is to go back into that story and really, really process it differently, without the exaggeration, and without the personalization, and not making something much bigger than it is. And this is what happens when we tell a story, we make it much bigger than it is. You know, we start inventing things, because remember, the the, the juicier the story, the more self-pity I get. So now if I have an active audience, I need a lot of self-pity, which I get, that's a little bit of a, I I get a kickback from the self-pity. So if I make it juicier and juicier, I get more and more benefits from when I'm in self-pity. And that's what Hamid says. So, Hashem, help us all. We should all go back to humility. Matzah is humility. and Matzah is freedom. Have a great day.